Welcome to Dicey Stories, where we tell stories shaped by dice. You're listening to our tabletop role-playing game, Actual Play Podcast, episode 154. Today's episode is another installment in our series, Echoes of Invasion, set in the world of the Battle for Westnoth video game, 30-some years after the Eastern Invasion mainline campaign. It is played using Edge Studios' Genesis role-playing system, with occasional references to the Mythic Game Master emulator's event meaning tables for inspiration. For the story up to this point, visit our website, DiceyStories.com, where you can listen to previous episodes or read the serialized write-ups of our adventures. Now let's get rolling. We've got a story to tell. I mean, yeah, Hepa's happy to follow as long as this guy will talk. I'm sure Trick has some actual useful questions to our task at hand, but... Well, useful to what Trick's interested in. Like, hey, could you point me in the direction of those uh, staff, creepy necromantic staff? No, Trick may not remember to get around to that question. Rick wanted to ask him, ask Rumbledoombledur, were your eyes open when the skeletons came through, and what happened that the humans left here and the elves? Was it that skeletons came in, and so people left, and did, did you see which way they went? <laughs> Or I guess where they came from originally, but we'll get to that later. So, Rumbledumbledore will tell you that skeletons were led by, from their perspective, a fancy skeleton. Fancy skeleton, you say? That the others called Mal Uldar. Mal what now? U-L-D-H-A-R. You know, if they don't want everybody to know that they're necromancers, maybe they shouldn't start their names with Mal. Isn't that elven one was like Mal, what, Malnithanol or something? <laughs> you have heard repeatedly about a Mal Ravenol, mm-hmm. who was the main necromantic force behind the invasion 30-ish years ago. That was a human gone bad. Oh, that wasn't the elven necromancer? Yeah, that was much longer ago. Mal Bryn is... See? This is what I'm saying. That was... When Thrandalo was saying, like, oh, no, elves could never do this, and Trick was like, oh, wait, I heard this story, and Thrandalo was like, that's just a story that old Breda told. So he was dismissive of that. But Mal Ravenel, nobody's contesting that Mal Ravenel was real. He marched through here 30 years ago. He, like, Practically almost, yesterday. Almost destroyed Westnoth. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I had elven nec- necromancer, maybe, <laughs> from so, Melbourne. Definitely a necromancer, but Mal Ravenel was human. But this is Mal Uldar. Yes. Uh, I'll just Copy like to point out, you didn't meet Mal Kachin, so obviously he's not a necromancer. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just going to make a page for necromancers. Yes, probably good. <laughs> okay, so Mal Oladar came through here with a bunch of skeletons. Yes, and the Woz's perspective, like when I said fancy skeleton. <laughs> Is from the Woz's perspective, and rescued us. <laughs> it chased off the humans. Yeah, okay. But didn't... They, they had axes, like, the skeletons had plenty of axes, but they didn't direct them towards the trees. Yeah, what's the skeleton got to do with them? It was the of humans course. who took axes to the trees. But the elves seemed very upset by the skeletons as well. We have a belief that skeletons belong on the inside of bodies, not walking around on the outs. The Woes' sense of time is very different. They don't, like, necessarily pay attention to the rhythms of day by day. So I would like a check from you. Okay. I'm, I'm open to suggestions on what this would be to assist in you, like, assembling this into, like, a proper chronological sequence. Ooh. 
Wouldn't that I feel like work? maybe this is knowledge lore. I almost want this to be a verse, Jack. I'm reconstructing the story. Oh, sure. I'll take it. Uh, how difficult do you want this to be? It's two purples, but I'm going to upgrade it. Okay. And I think it's... Rumble Dumbledore like, says something. It's a trick. is trying to frame this into like specific time periods, so like one phase of the moon, and he flips the knife or whatever. Like, he's trying to like meter it out. Okay. Doing some repetitive action every every time. Okay. That is four successes and a threat. Okay. This is a verse threat. So things could get bad. Could be the bloody nose kind of verse threat. An adverse? Adverse. <laughs> you cut your hand on the knife. So yes. But it works. There is a wound point involved. But you're the one who chose juggling knives. <laughs> it's actually blood magic is what I do. <laughs> you totally need to get into cotton balls. Be a lot like, safer. Harder to juggle though. A lot less flashy. <laughs> I need Scars. the flash. Ribbons? <laughs> Ribbons, maybe. So, but you succeeded, and so I will now tell you things in a bit more logical fashion. But not too logical, because it's verse. <laughs> and it rhymes? Uh, it could be alliterative. You know, we don't, we don't I would like this story to be an iambic pentameter, please. No, no way. So there's a, a sequence of events. People went missing before, like, any hordes of stuff showed up. And there was already tension between the elves and the humans present. So, Rumble Dumbledore's knowledge and stuff, like, they they came down to investigate when the, the fungal network got disrupted. Trees were getting cut down, so the, the flow of communication was, was getting cut off. And the elves had a far more militant approach, and there was fighting between these humans who were, like, trying to set up some pasture land and stuff like that. And there was dispute over, like, no, these are our lands. No, these lands are unoccupied. We're using them. Like, what's the problem? The group of humans had arrived from the south. From the desert. The sandy wastes. Is that the horsemen? These humans, they had set up, they had started growing things. They were here for several years. Like, they started orchards. Right. And... The elvish presence here, there was certainly some fighting in between the two groups as they were trying to figure out, like, what's okay and what's not okay. And, like, things kind of calmed down, but the Espen forest elves maintained a presence, a watchful presence. And then people started disappearing on both sides, which caused a lot of accusations back yep. and forth about who was responsible. The Woes remembers... There was some talk about like black smudges and, and slimy things being left behind where where people vanished from rather than like red blood that elves right. and humans usually have. Usually bleed. So there was like some sort of creepy ichor involved. And then after a certain amount of fighting between both sides, when there was blame going back and forth, this did lead to some deaths. And then some of those corpses ended up rising and... There was, like, a skirmish to, like, deal with that. At that point, the elves packed up and were, like, undead are rising again. The elves probably had more information than the Woeses did, because the elves had their scouts going around and stuff like that. But from the Woeses' perspective, that was when the elves packed up and left. Okay. So the elves retreated into the Esperin Forest, and the humans stayed and fought the skeletons. 
because skeletons showed up. More than just... More than just some walking corpses. More than just walking corpses. The skeleton showed up, and the fancy skeleton, Mal Alder. And this fancy skeleton was the kind that, like, stood around and shouted and issued orders to the other skeletons. <laughs> Compared to the other kinds of fancy skeletons. And, and wore cloth, like humans and elves do. But he was definitely a skeleton of some kind. There was no flesh on You said his name was Mal Odar? Aldar. And Mal Oldar and his skeletons drove off the humans. The humans fought back, but the humans ultimately fled, and some of the skeletons went into the forest. Where they were probably put down. Where there was fighting with elves, and some elves also died. Right. The skeletons seemed to be coming from the east, and so the humans fled to the west. And also, a couple decades ago, some of the humans came back, and there's a rock on the side that they left when they came. A rock on the side? Of their spaces, yeah. The side of the area that they worked. So, does he have a sense of how long the humans were gone? I thought all this occurred about 30-odd years ago. Uh, when he says the humans came back, they, they came back, they put a rock down, and they left. Let me put this on a timeline for you. Humans showed up probably about 40, 45-ish years ago. Sure. There was a good Tensions, period of time skirmishes. in which elves and humans overlapped on this border. Yes. At the time of Mal Ravenall, shortly before Mal Ravenall's presence was made unknown, right. undead rolled through. There was fighting. Humans fled. Yep. A decade or so after that point, okay. some humans came back and put a rock down. And then okay. left again. Yeah. I'll, I'll get to the rock. Because and... I want to know about the rock. <laughs> I hope it's a big rock and not just some little rock, but that attention to detail would be amazing. How did I miss the big rock? <laughs> no, it could, they called it here. so it No, that the woes remembers that they put down a little rock. It's <laughs> an odd thing to do. Okay. And then for the last 30 winters or so. The last 20. 20. Okay. 30 years ago was all the fighting. So... 20 years ago, this rock got put down. Okay, that's where I got confused. Okay. And he, like, Rumble Dumbledore gestures with its branches, it's so, like, this rock got put down somewhere further over to the side that... Okay. It's probably, like, a wider area than what you guys explored. Sure. Since then, all clear, no skeletons. No skeletons since then. Pretty much no humans. Every now and then, some people will, will camp in this area... Overnight. Very few elves, I imagine. Every now and then an elvish scout kind of rides through and, like, checks on things. I ask him if I can give him a ribbon, since he's been such a helpful And you have friend. you have been here over the course of several days. So. Yes. Yes, in the morning we're not dead. But the... they don't give them trouble. The humans that ride through, she... Pepper probably says, and that she was, she's going to assume elves wouldn't give them trouble. Yeah, I mean, from the Woz's perspective, like, sometimes humans come through and they, like, shelter on their way to somewhere else, but, like, no humans have come by looking, looking to reestablish to stick around. I mean, trying to gather their saplings for firewood or whatever. The Woz's, uh... Stop that? Sometimes they'll, like, kind of, like, shake up some branches so that, like, the humans will find branches instead of taking access to anybody. It's a win for everybody. I thought it was odd that it was so easy to find firewood here. And like I said, like also the Wozes do cultivate to a certain extent because they right. want they want trees that are going to last hundreds of years, so they they will selectively take care of some things. Okay, I guess I need to check out that rock. Mm -hmm. One other important question: the 
spooky looking cloth wearing skeleton mouth holder. Did you see him leave or was he struck down here? Oh, the, these humans did not stop Malador. Okay. These humans ran away. I mean, that's a sensible thing to do when you're being attacked by a necromancer. So, these bosses do not know what became of Malador. Okay. But Malador did, did head further west. Okay. That gives us something to look into. Check out this rock. Mm-hmm. I think that's all the all the official business. Any messages we can relay for you back into the deeper woods? I don't know if that's the thing you even need a hand with. <laughs> Probably not. You can just get up and walk there if you want. Or send a message. Or like, yeah, just dip his roots in. Well, I thought this was still disconnected. Right, but the woods can walk over to the well, edge of the forest and dip the roots in there to send messages where they need them to go. Yeah. I mean, the... the Rumble Dumbledore and the other voices here are appreciative of how, like, your offers of assistance. They just don't need help. Well, it's just they, they live only half in the world that you do. Yeah. Their concepts of, of what they would even need help with, you know, like, that you came up with, like, oh, maybe fertilized dirt would be good for you. Like, that was one of the few areas where you could be of use to right. them. And so that was good that, that you came up with that. But there isn't, an, like... They don't need anything from the store. Well, if you see anything unusual, people, you know. Yeah, they're cutting down way too many trees. Yeah, try to send a send up a sprout of fungus in the forest that hopefully we notice. I mean, it could easily be we go back to the village and Fenwin shows up here and wants to commune or whatever. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. Do you want to talk to Druid or do you just want her to stay away? She's kind of <laughs> a little weird. <laughs> they don't object to you telling any elves that they're here. Okay. That's not a problem for them. You haven't gotten in the way of their work, so they, they've been happy to talk with you while they're standing here shading things. That's not an issue. But they said the scouts come through here, the scouts know that they're there? Whether the scouts notice the woods or not is debatable. Oh, scouts have they very, haven't spoke to any of the scouts? They're very practical people. They haven't lately spoken to any scouts. So. It's, it's one of those things where like, if a scout notices them and approaches them... You guys came into the cop, like you noticed the eyes. Yeah. And you came and realized this was a woes and not just a big tree. Yeah. So a scout who is kind of just passing through and on the lookout for like skeletons or undead or humans or whatever, it's possible they wouldn't recognize that this is not a tree, this is a woes. But if the scouts knew, would it be something that they would want to take extra special care to watch an area to make sure? Like, it's one thing if you don't think anybody lives in the area, you're just looking for undead, but it'd be another thing if you knew... There was a village of elves or a cops, you know, or a village of woeses. Like the elves might be watching the perimeter a bit more around this area to make sure they're not having trouble with anything. I mean, I guess we could let people know. And if anybody wants to take extra precautions, then they can. Yeah, I, I've got to say it's probably the case that the scouts are not aware that there's active woes presence here yeah. because it wasn't called out to you, Trick. Right. Then again, you didn't explicitly say, I'm heading to that battlefield. You just kind of looked over his shoulder to make sure you knew where it was. That's true. We just so, put it on the map. What was it? And then we can let people know and that maybe. I mean, it would be like you guys put food out for the birds. Take a watering can. Or just watch the area and make sure that there's no humans encroaching or general trouble. Yeah, we'll see. So did you want to ask about any, if they've noticed any artifacts or if they can tell if that there's any? That would be a good idea. Magic's the mist. Yeah, if under the ground where we can't see, 
over the years. Have any necromantic tools been buried? Or magical tools. Or other yeah. other artifacts of interest. Not shovels or tongs. Magic tongs I would take. <laughs> that we could clear out for you. <laughs> you would point us to them. If you'd like another check for this, well, let me know. I am trying to think what sort of check this would be. To describe what... I think probably a description type thing is the check. And so I think this is going based off of like what your knowledge is of the type of thing that your dad wants. Mm -hmm. So is that lore then? Or is it adventure? I think probably lore is the appropriate skill. Okay. So this week, the role of geography will be played by lore. <laughs> we're to spread it around. I think we're working together yeah. trying to find the right way to describe this. Yeah. So Hepa is going to be the lead roller and get a blue die from Trick. And Maybe it feels a little funny. This is going to be three purple because this is essentially like hearsay. This is like, this is what your dad told you that you're, to, it's a game of fungal root. A game of telephone. <laughs> yeah, we have to explain what it would smell like to a root system. Yeah. I'm going to upgrade. Woohoo! I was going to suggest that. So success and an advantage. So you get Rumble Dumbledore to understand what it is you're looking for. Mm -hmm. And Rumble Dumbledore tells you that Mal Uldar had something that seemed like that, but Mal Uldar left. Well, that's so, probably good. So Rumble Dumbledore does not believe there's anything like that in the ground here. Okay, okay, well, that's good. And Rumble Dumbledore points off to the west. To the west, that that is the way that Mal Uldar went. They went that way. That's also the direction the Big Rock is in. And the Big Rock, and that's the, the direction the people went in. Here, go west. Okay. Head west, mouth, young man. Young half elf. Young half man. Young Manu. Yo, young, young Manu. Alright, thank him very much for all of his excellent advice. Clarifying what constitutes a forest. I have a better understanding of that now. Okay. Uh, give him a ribbon to tie around one of his limbs. Rumble Dumbledore lowers one of its branches down to you. You affix the ribbon to it. It raises its limb back up. Very nice. Everybody knows it's a safe place. Okay. Let's see the rock. Let's see the rock. Let's check out this rock then. I have my suspicions. But no artifacts around here. So that saved us some time, actually. I mean, it's just the people... <laughs> that saved us some time. We've been here almost a week digging. And... <laughs> yeah, we can like dig through so many holes. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Trust me, I dig pretty slow. <laughs> Not a, a triple own up to that. <laughs> You aren't saying Alex to be famous as a master digger. Not a, not a master ditch digger. No, no, I'm not. I am an amateur ditch digger at best. So finding dirt and finding water, no on both. That's correct. Dirt, water, not my elements, turns out. <laughs> we'll see about air and fire. I think your element's air. Blowing a lot of it. All the hot air. Air with a little bit of fire. <laughs> Depends on the story. That's well, true. Like juggling, that's an air-based activity. <laughs> it occurs in the air. <laughs> it's true. Yeah, no artifacts and these people were farming, raising the animals. Yeah. It didn't sound like a military unit, so it sounded like there wasn't really a battle here. Skirmishes at best. Not a military unit, but definitely had skilled mounted people. Right. They did have mounted capabilities. Okay. Well yeah, let's oh. check out the rock. 
I guess everything was what I was trying to think if there was any way that I would be able to tell if well they wouldn't keep weapons in the stable anyway. I'm like, were there weapon weapon racks? You know, like, wouldn't if you found them? a lance. Yeah. But that'd be pretty fancy. And that I would only find the spearhead, right? Because it would have rotted away. I mean, are they tempered? Not even if the wood was just like underground, it might be. But they probably would have taken all their weapons, except for that knife. You did spend a while here, and you did do a fair bit of digging and things like that. That's, that's true. And I dug specifically in the stables. But you also dug in other places, eating the bruises with plant-related activities. I, I envision, like, Trick digs a hole where the woes tells him, but then as soon as he's done, the woes says, no, three feet to the left. <laughs> anyway, what I was going to say is that you would have found some weaponry-type remains because okay. there was battles fought here. So you okay. would have found, like, yes, some evidence okay. of old axes. I'll just put this back. You don't want an axe head? No. Like an old... Not an old rusty axe head? Like something salvageable. Some pitchfork-type pieces. And, like, some sword and some knife-type pieces here and there. So there was some weaponry in this town. Okay. Some people died in the fighting and their weapons fell. Some skeletons were defeated in the fighting and their weapons That's fell. That's true. I mean, it's not quite the same as a marsh where you can just, like, reach into the water. It's a little harder with, like, the dirt and everything. But you do see personal evidence yourself that battles were fought here. Okay. Is there anything salvageable of, like, a part that would be good enough There's nothing to, like, keep? No. This is all quite old and weather-worn. Okay. Except for the tongs. If you want to keep the tongs. I think the tongs are better served in a safe place. I feel like the tongs are the bog iron of this of this episode here. I will not deny you. I will tongs. take the tongs. Take the tongs. And then when we're like, we need to reach in this thing, and I'll be like, I have tongs. <laughs> <laughs> or we meet the person, the one person that collects tongs. I'm gonna write fire tongs on here, and then later on, I'm not gonna know Is what that means. Tongs fire. <laughs> fire yeah. tongs. Yeah, fair enough. I'm sure they have a. You're like, no, no, this is tongs of fire. <laughs> All right. Let's find the rock. Guys, walk to the west. Yep. You're going to make a perception check. That's our first problem. Did we get any information about what this rock is going to look like? or? From Rumbledore's perspective, there's a big rock that the humans left, and that's pretty much all Rumble Dumbledore has to say about it. Sounds like average you, or easy, then. Do you want to work together on it? No, I think we should each do our own. Then better chances of one of us succeeding. It's two purple. Two success, one advantage. I got one. Oh, did we end in an encounter? Yes. You Probably. have ended your woes encounter. <laughs> okay, because I could use some strain, I think. But I got one advantage, so well, I can I also... could use some strain, but that ain't happening. Because my muscles are strained. So much digging. So then I had an advantage on the perception. What is your current strain situation? I have two strain. So I think probably your advantage should just clear one of those strain out. Yeah, I'll just clear out a strain. Feels good walking through the sun. I don't have anything worthy to find the value of just one advantage. Uh, trick. Yes. You spot the quote-unquote big rock. I mean, if a woe says it's big, I feel like it should be huge. It's as tall as a person. That's a big rock. But it's not a rock. It's a carved stone. Someone went through quite a bit of work. I thought it would be a sign. It is a plinth. Right, what does it say? So you walk 20 around. years old. And it has eyes. No, <laughs> damn it. Stoves. 
Yes, we're even older than wolves. <laughs> we move slower. It is not in nice flowy elvish, nor is it in super blocky dwarvish. Uh, isn't that scriggly scraggly human? Yeah, it's a style of lettering. But I mean it's I mean it's been carved into rock, so it's is relatively neat. So geography check? You don't need a check to be able to read it. Oh, okay. I'm just saying, this is, <laughs> this is human-made. Okay. And it is a memorial. That makes sense. It commemorates those who died here. At the massacre of... What did they call this place? That is a good question that I should have known the answer to. That's entirely reasonable that you don't. <laughs> um, These are people from the sand, but it's moving into the edge of a sunny valley. Orchard, sunny orchard. Orchard, though. Apple Grove Township. <laughs> West Apple Grove. <laughs> Poor Jen's trying to think. Gotham. <laughs> <laughs> no, that was the caves. Oh, sorry. Phoenix. Because we, we hit the bat signal. That is a good point. <laughs> Star City. Yeah. I'm trying to think. And I know you're thinking, like, this is not very important, so I'm like, it needs to have a good name. You can determine it later, too. Yeah, I feel lame doing that, but I will put it off until I have time to think. So the, it's smudged on the town. There's like a bit the... of moss growing on right there, so you don't see that right away. Yeah. But at the end of the episode, it'll be revealed. Sorry, but you were telling us about the memorial. It is a memorial to those who died, and it says at the hand of Mount Ravenel, like on this block. Okay. But that wasn't the one that they said came through here, or at least the woes did. You are correct. No, Mallard Avenal probably had some lackeys. Based on what the Woes said, this was constructed like 10 years or so after like the whole right. big upheaval, and Mal Ravenel is the necromancer who is like blamed for it all. Blamed? <laughs> who is behind it all. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, he could get blamed for a lot of stuff. That's, we can blame anything on Bad water? Mal <laughs> Well, and the other thing is, too, like they didn't necessarily know the name of the Lich. yeah. That was leading the group that they fought. The woes like heard skeletons addressing it, but yeah. but these people, the survivors, didn't necessarily know that. I like that there's a plinth that's like a memorial about all the people that died at this, the hands of this terrible necromancer, and you're like, it's a safe place. <laughs> <laughs> Does it say anything else on it? It asks the reader to like respect the sacrifices made at this location and to like not desecrate desecrate isn't the right word but yes it discourages settlement here don't take the tongs whatever you do (laughs) take only memories leave only footsteps (laughs) yeah yeah something to that like something to that respect like to to let the ground lie fallow and like yes as you're examining it, it is mossy it is overgrown in some areas and so if you like scrape away the moss in some place, then you realize that the north side of the you were looking at the side that south faced side. west. Yeah. It was on the west okay. side of town. You found the stone and you walked around it. That's the direction people came and set it up from. Mm-hmm. And that's the side you looked at first, and then you started scraping away the moss. Then side that faces the north, it has the same message, but it is carved. In, like, the more swirly letters that elves use. Is there a way to infer, like, did a human probably still carve this? Or was this actually a joint project? 
I think that would be a geography check, because that's like a assess the culture kind of thing. Yeah. But you were asking the question. Yeah. Trick is interested. It feels like a hard thing. That a hum- is this a human, not imitating, but using an elder style? Mm-hmm. That is a success with two threats. I'm not sure which would be more stressful. <laughs> it, it looks to you like somebody copied the letters who doesn't doesn't okay. use them often. Yeah. So it's like, I guess, it looks like a little bit of sloppy elvish font. You know, I, I see what they're trying to do. I respect that. And you're, like, scraping off more moss. There's another message on the side that faces south. All right, well, let's see if we get the same thing. It is the same set of messages. It's in a set of letters that, like, it takes you a little while to be like, okay, yeah, these are the same letters, but it's clearly a different style of writing. Okay, okay. And the side of the plinth that faces where the village was, that side does not have the memorial speech on it. That side is completely blank. Okay. That was going to be my next question. So, it is a memorial to those who died here at the hand of Mount Ravenel, and, like, out of respect for them, let this ground lie follow, is essentially what it says. I think Trick will take his lucky seven-leaf clover and lay it at the moon. Okay. That is how I will spend two threats. It costs you your, your lucky seven-leaf clover. It's an appropriate thing to do. As the sun, like, late in the day now, the sun is setting. Seems odd that if the necromancer killed everybody, you wouldn't want life to come back. Maybe they take this place as a bad omen. Mm. And this is a memorial and a warning, a caution. Maybe they settled too far. Maybe. If they came from the desert, don't know. But nothing left here but for the forest to slowly come back. Mm-hmm. Want to get a start tomorrow morning heading west? Find out more about this necromancer. Yeah, I mean, we don't know of any other battlefields down here, right? I don't think so, no. Not, like, specific ones. You know that the war with Malravenal covered a lot of space. You know that Gwedri went through the tunnels. The dwarves did mention Gwedri leading the undead to Unstunven. Right. We know those pop out in South Tower. And you know that the tunnels do have an end in South Tower, which is the thriving human settlement that has grown around the southern outpost. Yes. There may have been battles on the longer path I they, would, I would suspect took, so. so we might as well follow it unless we find out more information. We may be able to see some... Might find something. It'll only take one, one uh, bad blow to take down this Maldar, or maybe he had a lackey, necromancer. Yeah. He dropped his staff along the way. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I think we spent so one last night. So your intention is to head where? West, towards South Tower. Following the warpath, is not the right word. The trail of destruction of Mal Oldar. As much of the trail that remains after 30 years. Yes, 30 years. So maybe more trying to find our way to South Tower, and if we see anything along the way worth investigating... That'll be our excuse for when we get lost. <laughs> I mean, like, a femur or something? Like, maybe they just lose parts? Skeleton. Like, whoa, lost a hand. Oh, well. <laughs> it's all gone.
been listening to Echoes of Invasion, set in the world of the Battle for Westnoth video game, and played using Edge Studio's Genesis role-playing system. Our GM was Jen, and our players were Lex and Daniel. For the serialized, narrative write-up of this adventure, visit us at DiceyStories.com. Our character art is by Del Borovic. See her work at DelBorovic.com. Our music is sampled from Return to Westnoth by Matthias Westland, a.k.a. West, licensed under CC by SA 4.0, part of the Battle for Westnoth project. Visit them at westnoth.org. Until next time, this is Dicey Stories reminding you, the only thing that separates you from knowledge is experience.